Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shanna and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Thank you so much for joining us again. Shanna and I have really enjoyed sharing with you. And if you like what you hear, please comment, subscribe, share, rate, and review. So today, Shanna and I will be talking about healing. I'm going to go ahead and start. I was thinking about healing, and the first thing that came to my mind is that there is one thing that all humans on earth have in common, and that is that we have all felt pain. No matter who you are, no matter how fortunate you've been, pain is, or surely will be, part of your reality. And the truth is, your mental health and overall capacity to function in your life depends critically on your ability to effectively manage that pain. Pain needs healing. If you get a physical wound, would you take time, take the necessary precautions to heal that wound? Shanna, would you? Oh, yeah. What are some things you would do if you had a wound? Clean it up, and then I'd put a Band-Aid on it. Exactly. So when we have physical wounds, we tend to them, and we we do what we need to do to help it to heal. We get Band-Aids, Neosporin, Peroxide, or what would you do if you had an infection? I would call a doctor. Exactly. If every single cut, scratch, or broken bone never healed, Shanna, what do you think you would feel like? If nothing ever healed? Yeah. I'd be broken. You'd be broken. And so there we have it. What if your soul or your heart never healed? You'd be broken as well. We can't avoid bumps and bruises. We cannot avoid scratches and cuts, just like we can't avoid being emotionally or spiritually hurt. But unlike our body, our heart does not always automatically heal itself. And if healing doesn't take place, we become an emotional mess of accumulated injuries. Does that describe you or someone you know? When it comes to wounds that have left a print on your soul, what do you do to heal? Well, I can tell you, I didn't do much in my past. It took me hitting a very big bottom that I feel like I could have avoided if I would have brought attention to each event that caused me pain instead of letting this massive amount of pain fill me up to the point of unbearableness. Is unbearableness even a word? (laughs) I'm not quite sure. I don't think it is. (laughs) Well, sounds good. So basically, I picture me starting out, like I'm standing up, and then over all these years, this pain just fills me up to like the brim of my head. We have often been taught in society to suck it up, tuck it away, turn the frown upside down, be strong, get up. Or what about, it only hurts till the pain goes away. Oh, that's a good one. How about this one? To ignore it. We've been taught to ignore the pain. We put on masks to cover it. We fill our schedules to avoid it. We drink it away, overeat it away, drug it away. I personally, and I can vouch for Shanna too, we try to shop it away. (laughs) Oh, I'm good at that. (laughs) And sometimes we let it harden our hearts. We self-sabotage relationships. We become depressed. Or sometimes we find that we are anxiety-ridden. I could list hundreds of things that we as humans do to cover and ignore pain. Pain avoidance is actually extremely common in our society. We want it to go away. We do things to help us numb it for immediate relief. But then we just prolong the pain from doing that. Like, what's an example of something, Shannon? Temporary fix. Yeah. I will take an antidepressant and just... Numb it away. Numb it away. There you go. I learned in rehab for my addiction 
a coping mechanism. It was called let go and let God. And that was a suggestion given to me to heal. I love this, but that doesn't mean let go of the past pain. First, I had to connect with it, sit in it, write about it, share it, process it with a therapist because at the time my mind was a mess and I couldn't think for myself. So I needed to bounce my thoughts off of someone. I had to do EMDR, I had to face fears. I even joined a support group. Another thing I did was massages to help the pain and the trauma get released from my soft tissue. I had to get out of my warm, comfy shit, which was super, super comfy, and I'd been (laughs) sitting in it for a long, long time, and I had to do different. Do you remember me telling you that, Shanna? Oh, yeah. That we had to get out of our warm, comfy poop. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, that looked like sometimes just getting up and taking a shower or sitting outside in prayer. Everything else was very overwhelming for me when I was in a lot of pain, so it started out very simple. Then as I got stable, and felt better, I was able to add in other ways to heal. I had to throw my hands up and surrender and accept the pain. And sometimes that meant asking for help. That's where healing started for me. Then when I felt and dealt with the pain and healed from each piece of it, that's when I would hand it over to God. Let go and let God. Sometimes I'd even write it down on a piece of paper and burn it in a fire. I had all kinds of little rituals. Actually, up in Estes Park one time, I wrote out some pain that I was feeling on rocks, and I threw them into a lake. I will say, though, that as I was thinking about healing in that lake, I hope it never drains. (laughs) Someone would find all these rocks with lots of cuss words on it, and I would. All my secrets are held in that lake. I might lose a couple friends and maybe even my husband if those rocks are (laughs) exposed. Now I want to talk about spiritual healing because that was another big part of healing for me. I had to hit my knees. I can remember crying and just hitting my knees on the side of my bed. I remember when someone told me, you tuck your slippers under your bed and then or your shoes. And when you wake up in the morning, you have to get on your knees to get them. And that would remind me to pray. And at one point, I dug deep into my Bible. I had Jesus Calling devotionals. I had all kinds of books that would inspire me and help me to get into a positive mindset. I had a prayer chain going for me. I believe prayer chains are extremely powerful, and it's okay to ask for people to pray for you. I went to retreats. I've gone to marriage retreats. I've downloaded the Holy Bible app and did healing plans with people. I seeked my God. Not a God I was told to seek, but my God. And I built a relationship with the source. And I asked the source to cover me in love. And I took time to talk to my God. Healing stones also were part of my healing. They helped with sleep, calmness, energy, addiction, compassion, and forgiveness. I could go on and on about the healing properties and how they've helped me. We will have an episode on just that. But until then, you can go to mysenseofsoul.com and go to Crystals and Healing and you will find a beautiful page that was written by Shanna. It's very informative, and I've had a lot of good feedback on that. I'm holding a stone right now in my hands. What stone is that? This is a sodiolite. It helps with speaking. It's beautiful. Throat chakra stone. I love it. Isn't it interesting, Shanna, that in my past I used to carry around a cocaine rock in my bra, and now I carry around healing stones? That just kind of, it, I'm very raw, people. I'm like the Ginny McCarthy, Long Island psychic, uh, Chelsea Handler over here. So throughout our podcast, you're going to realize I'm very raw. But yes, it, that in itself shows the progress that I have made. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's the truth. And I'm not ashamed of it because I'm really proud that I've come so far. But I love that I've switched out my rocks. So, uh, yeah, because we definitely have a rock addiction. I mean, we do. You could I mean, look like Dave Chappelle when I see some, like, some crystals in the store. I'm like, oh, yes, I must This have. addiction to these rocks is much better than the one I had in my past. So, also, I had to create space for God to do work in my healing. I had to s- step away and detach from certain relationships that had friction so that God could come in and do his work. What's amazing is when I did that I healed and then you would I watched the other person shift too. Shanna really guided me on that. I you know that was hard for me to grasp, but wow was it powerful that I can't change someone else. I can only change me. So once I stepped away and detached with love, and that was huge, with love, not in a hateful way, not in a resentful way. God was able to come in, the universe was able to come in and work on both of us. It was like when we were rubbed up next to each other, there was all this friction, there was no room for growth and healing. Yeah, and don't forget about forgiveness, because when we forgive, we are also healing by forgiving. So that was huge for me. I quit looking to others to heal me and found the answers within. I quit looking outward and I looked inward. So now that I've sat in my pain from my past and let it, and I've let it go, I don't let it start building up. I deal with it immediately. I do a moral inventory at the end of every day, and I think about if anything has caused me pain or if I've caused anyone pain. And I sit in that, and if I have caused someone else pain, I immediately make an amends. But I journal this. I sit in it, I name the emotion, and I process it. Reiki has changed my life. Reiki is another huge part in my healing. Reiki has helped heal energy flowing through me. It flushes away the blockages that are holding me back. It makes me feel healthier and more vibrant. And I am a level two in Reiki, and I scan myself and my energy disturbances on a weekly, if not daily basis. Reiki promotes awareness, enhances spiritual connection, fosters self-healing, helps relax and reduce stress, balances the energies in my body, and helps me relieve pain and discomfort. Sounds amazing, right? It is. It is amazing. Exactly. It's amazing receiving and giving. I remember when I was in rehab after ICU for my respiratory failure, I got in trouble. I was a fall hazard. The nurses were watching me on a video camera. (laughs) You were trying to escape? (laughs) No, I really wasn't. That way I might have been in rehab for addiction. I was trying to escape. Right. Rehab for ICU. I was just trying to get up and move and walk. I was so terrified I was on a walker and that I couldn't move a lot. And so anyway, I got in trouble. And this nurse came in and he handed me a stuffed animal turtle. And he said, Mandy, remember in healing, if we go slow, we heal faster. And I still have that turtle. And it meant so much to me. Because I believe that this is true in all healing, emotional, physical, and spiritual. When you're hurting, you have to slow down. You have to be gentle to yourself. Take your time and feel that hurt. This world isn't just about feeling good. If we didn't have pain, we wouldn't even know what good feels like. So I loved that turtle as a reminder. Meditation was huge for me. Drumming. The reality, people, is that pain not transitioned is pain transferred. We end up bleeding on someone who didn't cause our wounds. I believe that that's why you're seeing an increase in shootings, addiction, violence, suicide, and that all of those are escalating because people are acting out of their pain body. What hurts your soul could be completely different than what hurts someone else, and we should not judge. When I was doing EMDR, 
which is a healing practice my therapist had me do to help me with my post-traumatic stress disorder, she reminded me that everyone's trauma is different. So your body, your brain, your cells, your nervous system, everything inside of you is different from everyone else. So for example, say your friend got into a car accident, a little fender bender, and at the same time, you on the other side of Aurora, because <laughs> that's where we're from, um, you got in a roller rollover accident where you were ejected from the car. You had to go to the hospital for two weeks. You walked out and went back to work immediately, whereas your friend was showing severe signs of post-traumatic stress disorder and was having a hard time getting back on her feet, getting back out into society, and getting back to work. Like me being the unempathetic, judgy a-hole that I was, I would have thought, you know what, freaking quit being so damn dramatic. Get your ass up out of bed because I would be judging her pain. I would be comparing the two. So trauma that has happened one time, multiple or long-lasting repetitive events affects everyone differently. Some individuals may clearly show signs of post-traumatic stress disorder, but many individuals will exhibit resilient responses or brief symptoms. The impact of trauma can be subtle, gradual, or outright destructive. How an event affects an individual depends on how many factors, including characteristics of that individual, the type of details of the event, um, what other ones, developmental processing, the meaning of the trauma to them, and socioculture factors. I mention this because it's important that we have awareness around our own pain and empathy for others without being judgmental assholes like I was. Can you think of an example that you were like that, where you judge someone else's pain? Perfect example is, did you know that when two people actually get the exact same injury, break the same bone on the same day or at the same age and the same physical health and everything, exact same. Okay. This guy over here, it was the best day of his life. Best mm-hmm. day ever. I mean, when the lottery, he has <laughs> like... A beautiful wife and a hot girlfriend, and he literally <laughs> beautiful wife. Yeah, and a hot girlfriend. He's like having the best day of his life. You got this guy right here. He's lost, disconnected. He lost his job. He hates his life. Aww. Same injury, same age, same health. They start to heal. The guy with the who had the bad day, his healing is going to be different than this guy over here. This guy's going to have a hard time healing. Those memories are going to be now within the tissue. Mm. And his healing will turn into chronic pain. Wow. And this guy is going to heal and go on with his life and hopefully not end up like this guy over <laughs> here when he gets caught. <laughs> but yes. Oh God, so that's so funny. Healing is very much affected by... Your thoughts and your, your perception and your environment. So you really can't judge. You, even if they're exactly physically the same, what's going on in their lives... Wow. It's going to affect the way it heals. I love that. That's super interesting. I can remember one time I was in an AA meeting and this lady came in bitching about her windshield wipers. And I had had a really shitty day, like really shitty. I was newly into sobriety. I was just having a super horrible day. I was pretty much homeless as well. And my family and friends were sick of me being a just an alcoholic. So long story short, I remember wanting to run across the room and like rip her throat out because I, I was like, who are, what? That is not pain. Like what I'm, me over here, this is pain. And I was judging her pain. And the reality of it is the windshield wipers might've just been her breaking point of that day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I was judging it. I was totally judging it. And she was like crying when she was talking about it. And I sat there and thought yeah. she was ridiculous. When it happened to me after my dad died, my dog died like two weeks later. Yeah. And when I went to bring 
little latte to get um, put down. She was like 15 years old, so she was like a child. But I was hyperventilating. Like, I was crying way worse than um, when my dad died because that's it was coming out. You uh, know what I mean? Like, yeah. all of it was coming out. That makes sense. And the people at the place, okay, this dog could not see, could not hear, could not walk. Could barely, I mean, she uh, needed to be she put was down like two for pounds. so long. And... I just, they must, they were looking at me like, it's gonna, you know, it's okay. And I was, I couldn't even breathe. Like, boogers coming out my nose. How about this? Have you ever minimized your pain? Like, always. Oh, Shanna's dad just died. Um, so I'm not even going to talk about my pain because it means nothing compared to the pain Shanna's going through. Oh, yes. And I see that all the time with my clients where they're so there for other people and they're taking on everybody's stuff and just mainly I think to cover up their own because it's easier to care for other people's pain Mm -hmm, absolutely I hate when I say absolutely people so there's two things that me and Shannon have noticed about our podcast that we hate I say absolutely and I say literally (laughs) (laughs) so let's try to switch it up I'll say literally you say absolutely absolutely my point is that minimizing can be just as bad because if you're minimizing your pain and comparing it to someone else's then you're not facing your your own pain and the reality of it is other people's pain is none of my business and mine is none of theirs. We should just respect and empathize with each other's pain because quite frankly, we're all made up differently. I think it's important to state that so we can all get our souls aligned and our egos out of each other's pain and out of our own pain so that we can connect with it. Another thing I needed to understand is that healing isn't just about big dramatic events and things that have happened to me. Healing can be for harsh words directed at you. Healing can be for a spiritual disconnect you felt. Healing can be for a job loss. Healing can be for a friend that's moved away. Healing is for any feeling. All of your feelings are valid. We look to each other this day and age to validate our feelings. Well, guess what? When I found self-love, I didn't need other people to validate my feelings because I trusted myself. And you know what, people, you will know what level of healing you need. You have to trust yourself. I hear so many people say, oh, I don't have time, or they're worried about what other family members will think if they take time away to heal. I want you to know that that's fear. That's ego. I guarantee those people will be happy that you're getting healthy and healing. I was like that, and I was standing in the way of my own self. I had to get away and out of the way of my own self so that I could heal. What's great is that once you start taking small steps and making a conscious decision to have awareness around your pain and the healing journey and what your soul needs, that everything will just start to happen right in front of you. Trust the universe and God to show you the next steps. I found myself running around trying to put all the, my, my personal plan into place, my ducks in a row. And when I told my ego to be quiet, God put each step in front of me and all those little shithead ducks aligned. I've had many experiences that left me having to heal, and I'm grateful I was able to see the lessons and the blessings in them. When you embrace the pain, not only will you heal, you'll also strengthen your ability to face life courageously and open-heartedly, knowing you can handle whatever comes your way. And that is what was on my heart about healing. So, Shanna? Well, healing was a very vital part of my spiritual awakening. It was when I said enough is enough, when I was completely flipped out because my entire body was hurting, my memory was failing, and at the end of the day, I couldn't remember what I had done. I mean, where had I gone? Where was I? 
I mean, I I go through my entire day, and oh I'm like, gosh. "What did I do today? I don't remember." For actually, at one point, did you ever like drive somewhere, and then you get there, and you're yeah, like, you "How did I get there?" Or I'd go the wrong place. I mean, it was just amazing. My my memory was failing, and by the end of the day, I couldn't remember what I had done. It was very scary. I was given something for sleep, stress, ADHD, pain, inflammation, and I was even given um at least two prescriptions for vitamins. So I went on my way with my big bag of drugs and about a year of this, of almost really accepting this diagnosis. So you went from a big bag of drugs to a big bag of crystals? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, like literally. Literally, yes, oh, absolutely. I did it. <laughs> Let me tell you how this worked out for me. So the sleep aid that was supposed to help me sleep was now giving me night sweats. Oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> Ironic, How do you right? sleep if you're sweating? No, literally. That's, I said literally again. I had lost a ton of weight. I had no emotions. I had no pain. And I felt like a skinny ass zombie. <laughs> and I hate to say this, but you looked like what? Uh, like a skeleton one. You yeah. did. And I decided that this was just, this is ridiculous. I have to get off all this shit. I have to figure out what is wrong with me what was causing what was the cause of all this mm -hmm. you can't just put a band-aid on it I gotta know why I needed this stuff no one asked me that no yeah. one really explored what was going on it was just the diagnosis and the prescriptions I'll have to say once I got off of everything and I started therapy I started mindfulness meditation Reiki of course my crystals mm -hmm. I did some inner child work mm, and past life huge. regressions I mean I had done so many things but one day I realized, I'm like, wait, where's my pain? Where'd it go? Where wow. is it? Wow. Like it was gone. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't have no fibromyalgia. Yeah. Take that off of my chart. I did yeah. not have, where did it go though? I didn't even realize until like a long time after. And then I was like, wait a second. I don't have pain anymore. I don't have headaches anymore. I don't have none of it. Mm -hmm. Where did it go? You want to know what's so interesting about that is because I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia too is that mine went away also. But I love that when the symptoms come back, it's because I know I'm not taking care of myself. Yeah. And we'll see, I love that when I get my symptoms or I get a symptom now, I'm not going to call it anything. Yes. Guess what? I found gratitude for those messages. I see them as the little alarm that says, hey, you've been depriving me of water or I need a massage or maybe even emotionally like, you may have some unprocessed emotions here in your lower back. Like, I need attention. I need some care. And even sometimes I, when I do feel spacey, my go-to is not taking something. It's doing something. Wow. That's, that's going to change my vibration. Love it. So drumming helps me get grounded if I do feel spacey. <laughs> yes, I love my drum. I'm obsessed with drumming. I was meditating. And that was releasing natural hormones, melatonin, serotonin. We've talked about this plenty. Mm -hmm. So I'm sleeping better. I'm more clear. I'm becoming present in my day. So my memory now has increased and become sharper. And I'm not just aware of my thoughts. I'm not, it's not just the thoughts, not just the ego and the soul, that awareness, but everything, even my body. Now my body, I, I was connected. Mm -hmm. I could feel what was going on. I could feel okay, I have a pain. Let's sit with it and investigate this pain. Now, see, being a body worker and an energy worker, 
in working on my clients, I realized that the majority of my clients were pained with stress and that no matter how much I rubbed their muscle, their physical body, that they would come back tight. Now, of course, that's not for everyone. Some people have injury and need, mm-hmm. you know, um, their muscles to be like lengthened out. But some of them, and I'd say most of them, there was something deeper going on. The stress and tension unprocessed emotions, negative energy was storing in their muscle memory. And Mandy mentioned that, but yes, our muscles do have memory. Just like they have memory to ride a bike, they also remember our emotions, specifically traumatic events. I can remember when my brother passed away, my mom got really bad restless leg syndrome. When I was taught about muscle memory when I was going to school to be an addictions counselor, that was the first time I'd heard that trauma stores in your soft tissues. And it made so much sense because it was so severe right after my brother died. I never knew that. Well, let's go even deeper than the muscle tissue. When my dad died, I started to get like this pain in my stomach. And I thought, oh, that hurts. I looked at the clock. I realized it had been one month exactly. And I was like, oh, my God, what's the matter with me? Am I manifesting, like, the pain of his death or something? Because it was horrible. Then I ended up on the floor. I don't and then it, then I ended up screaming. I thought I was dying. So I was like, I have to go to the urgent care. And they looked at me. They were like, yeah, we don't deal with this kind of pain. We're calling the ambulance. So, come to find out, yeah, I had a kidney stone, but I hadn't been caring for myself after my dad passed. I just was in so much grief. I didn't have very much self-care, but this was screaming at me. What is interesting about a kidney stone or any kind of kidney pain is that it is connected to the root chakra, which is your stability, your family. Mm -hmm. So, if you're going to have, like, issues with grief and losing a family member, you may feel it in your kidney. So maybe just a coincidence. And your dad was your stability. He was. It's another example of a pain. like So overthinking, you're going to get a headache. Okay. I mean, I remember living with a daily headache. Oh my God. Every me single night, too. five o'clock. Me too. Me and you. I always woke up with one too. Yep. Overthinking. Nervous stomach. I mean, like people who are always putting their hands on their stomach and they're just nervous. A lot of little kids are like that. Kids are always sick, are they not? They're always their stomachs. Girls especially. There's always something going on. They're probably empaths. Hyperchondriacs, but they're really just feeling unprocessed emotions or, Mm. you know, confusion of emotions that are stagnant in their solar plexus. Wow. Or in their sacral chakra. I can't wait to do an entire episode on the chakras. I mean, anything that you have, of course, there's probably a medical connection, which, of course, you should be able to connect with as well. Mm. But first, you should identify it. Sit with it and find out where is this coming from. Sometimes there's going to be a spiritual or emotional connection, or there might be a medical. But how do you know if you're running around like I was, that skitty-ass zombie who didn't feel pain, who didn't feel anxiety, who doesn't have any feelings whatsoever, what am I to identify with? Because I can't feel shit. I used to wake up with pain and symptoms and all I'd do is bitch and complain and moan and say they suck. Now, I, like you said, am grateful because I know that it's my body trying to tell me something. Right. You know, we just have become so disconnected with ourselves. We have. We don't trust ourselves. We don't love ourselves. We feel the pain. We want it gone. You know, we want to quickly just take a pill, make it go away. We're shutting down the messages that our body is trying to communicate with us. We don't have time to sit with it. We have too much to do, places to go, money to be made, pictures mm-hmm. put up on Facebook. Driving kids to sports. The pain's just in the way, like Mandy said. Or maybe we're in the way. 
Your yeah. health, your health is not your doctor's responsibility at chores. They can give you medicine. They can fix you surgically. When you leave them, it's on you to heal. They're going to suggest you do exercise, go to therapy, drink, you know, drink water. They might even be able to fix the problem, but it's up to you to heal. Fixing the problem and healing is totally two different things. It is, and that's pretty much what Western medicine is all about, fixing the problem. Well, so how about this? Concentrate on the solution and not the problem. But sometimes the medications that were given, it is a solution. I can remember when I got out of ICU, I was in so much trauma. I had to take Zoloft for a while because it that's what worked for me at the time. And then when I got stable, then as I went through my awakening, then I was able to really connect and deal with the underlying pain. Because I will tell you, each time I would take more medication... It would help the problem, but then it would pop up in another symptom. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it would cure, like, my joints were hurting. I had a lot of joint pain. So I would take something for the joint pain, like gabapentin, and then something else would pop up. And it was because I wasn't dealing with the underlying pain. I wasn't healing what was really causing all of this. So in today's conventional healthcare, we hope to trust the doctors that we don't even know surgeons we trust them to cut us open and we take medications that we have no clue what they're even called their names are like a mile long (laughs) you can't say them and they come with like 25 different side effects oh my god the side effects are hilarious to read is this not crazy that we do this (laughs) i mean it's morally accepted and trusted some people have moral issue with like meditation and connecting to yourself and taking herbal medicine or like medicinal marijuana is a sin, but I mean, you can take an addictive drug that has like 30 different side effects. And but if you use natural things like healing stones and holistic stuff, you look at, you're looked at as like crazy or witchy yes. or weird. A gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a voodoo. Please call me a gypsy. I would be flattered. Okay. Well, let me tell you. I guarantee that your soul has no preference of what healing options that you decide to use. They don't care. Your soul doesn't care where it came from, what culture, what people, what color. It doesn't care. I mean, if if your physical body needs healing, your soul is going to support that. They really don't care if it's coming from a stone or coming from medicinal marijuana, you know, whatever is healing. There are so many options out there. But alternative medicines mostly come from our, our ancestors. They're ancient healing therapies founded thousands of years ago. They're here in the U.S. today. Yoga, you know, acupun- yeah. acupuncture is like 5,000 some years old. Pilates. Even cranial sacral therapy. And it's been proven here in the U.S. by a doctor. EMDR, there's shamanism. There's a lot to be said about shamanism. I've mm-hmm. been taking classes and reading, talking a lot about soul retrieval. Mandy and I were having a conversation earlier about it. It's pretty amazing. It's There's some psychology behind it and also some science. But it's basically when you your soul disassociates. To protect so it, you. Yeah, leaves. Like pieces of your soul will leave during traumatic situations to protect you. 
and shamans will go and retrieve that soul back for you, that part of you. I love it. There's sound. We've talked about drumming. There's light therapy. There's so many different options for you because all of these things have vibration. There's science behind this. There's so much science behind this, actually. There's this guy. He's pretty much like the leader in bridging science and spirituality. His name is Bruce Lipton. He has a book called The Biology of Belief, which is a bestseller. And he is a cellular biologist and known for his research on how environment and perception controls our genes. Epigenetics. It's so amazing. It's so so amazing. yeah, if you haven't checked out Gaia, it's really cool. It's an app. They do charge you. Um, you can get a trial though for like 99 cents for three weeks or something like that. And then pay like a monthly or yearly fee. But they have great documentaries. Um, the, but the healing field was the documentary that I happened to come upon. It was very validating for me that the things that I have witnessed and the experiences that I have had with healing, not only, not only for myself, but working with my clients, were all very scientifically backed up in this documentary. So let me tell you about what Bruce Lipton had discovered. There are two different views of how the human biology works. One is based on the physical reality of how everything in the universe is made of matter, and that this view basically says that the body is a machine and made of chemicals and genes. And if something goes wrong with it, then you adjust the chemicals and you adjust the genes mm. as the primary source of the problem. Well, the other view is the one that I can relate to. And this is based on quantum physics that says that the universe is actually made of energy mm. and everything we see as matter is actually energy. And the significant difference of the two is that invisible forces are playing a primary role here in the second. He did some research on genes and he discovered that we are not really victims to our genes. So just because we got this gene that says, I'm an alcoholic or I'm stubborn, you can actually <laughs> change the effects of your genes. And in fact, during his research, he found that our genes were affected by our environment. His research showed that energy signals are 100 times more efficient in controlling the human biology than chemical. What that means is that maybe one day we will be moving away from prescription medicine and picking up a drum. A drum is energy. It is going to affect your genes. A hundred times more than chemical. Yeah, that's what that he found. That is insane. Right. The energies around us become entangled with us, both good and bad. So your environment, your lifestyle, your perception, your thoughts, these are all energy, and they're actually shaping your physical biology. That's insane. So for example, when a person perceives a negative environment, the body tends to neglect the immune system and vital organs. When a person perceives a loving environment, the body activates growth genes and nurtures the body. So take the placebo effect, the positive belief that one can heal. Yes, it's yeah. true. And guess what? A nocebo effect is just as true. A negative belief thought can manifest disease and possibly even worse. So basically, if you change your thoughts, then you can change your health. Wow. This was so huge for me when I when I watched this. Insane. Yeah. It was to think that, you know, we're always trying to control things outward when we need to, we can actually control so much more inward than we have ever, it's being proven that my perspective, my mind can actually heal my body. 
Yeah. It's amazing. Right? Or it could make you sick. So the, um, if you said, you know, I'm going to die from this, well, mm-hmm. guess what? You probably will. Wow. And, you know, as kind of a disclaimer, Shanna and I are not doctors, and we are not scientists, and we're not trying to tell people to run out and, you know, throw all their prescriptions away, because... I take prescriptions for my asthma. Right, and don't get me wrong. I, I do too. I take medicine. In fact, I think that some of the medicine that they've come up with is an absolute miracle in itself. I mean, doctors and nurses, I mean, these people are amazing. They're saving lives every day for a living. That's a great job. It's my opinion, though, and experience that we're just overdiagnosed and overprescribed. I mean, I have been lucky to have one doctor. My back, like, went out. I called her, and instead of her just saying, hey, I'll write you a prescription for a muscle relaxer and a painkiller, she said, how about acupuncture? And I totally respected that, and it worked. I mean, it was just a great option. My daughter, she doesn't like to take antidepressants. She doesn't like how it makes her have no personality. She's been in CBD, and she has found it to be extremely helpful. I mean, Colorado, I mean, we just decriminalized mushrooms. I don't know about that, but it seems like Colorado's on on the up. (laughs) That is a whole nother topic. Right? We're definitely waking up here in Colorado. (laughs) You know what? And what works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Shanna and I are just sharing our own personal journeys with healing and hope that there's just one thing that our listeners hear that might help you or shift you into connecting with your pain so that you can heal. I do. I remember it was huge for me when someone said to me, your way is not always the way. What you do for you doesn't always, you know, work for everyone. And that's so important. And now it is time for Break That Shit Down. So people, first things first, remember we're all different. Different in so many different ways, so don't judge each other's pain. Remember to sit in your pain. I know that doesn't sound like very much fun, but it takes just as much work to be miserable as it does to get healthy. Change your perception. Change your Your perception. Change your thoughts. Remember that you can heal yourself with those thoughts. I think we've probably said this every single episode, but connect, you know, get that awareness and examine and identify. It always comes back to awareness, doesn't it? It does. Every single time, awareness is the top thing. Well, and if you haven't tried out holistic option for healing, I would suggest try something out. You can come see me. I'd be happy to see you. Or just... Come over to my house. We can uh, drum... Yeah, I love that. <laughs> we can have a whole drum circle. Let's get to the challenge. Shanna, what would you challenge our listeners to this week? The poet Rumi had said, the cure for the pain is in the pain. We need to connect with the pain. You need to shift your perception. Be still. Just giving yourself that moment to sit with it long enough to connect and breathe into the pain. Breathe in, imagining a healing light, like entering into that pain or tension and blowing it out away from you just and then just listening and connecting and i would like to add that we are a society of i want what i want and i want it now people this takes practice everything we ever talk about in our episodes takes practice practice not perfection progress not perfection right and these ancient healing practices here in the United States, have survived over thousands and thousands of years. Thousands? They have even found cave art that's like 30,000 years old. No way. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. Me. 
and today are becoming more accepted now. And they are backed up by science. Research is proving that these methods are beneficial. And I'm telling you, what I have learned about our ancestors, they are a lot smarter than we (laughs) thought they were. And actually, next week, we will be sharing our stories on ancestral healing. Be ready to have your mind blown by Shanna's story. Yeah, I'll be sharing my story of how I just innocently took an ancestry DNA test and the unexpected journey. It did lead to probably the deepest healing and understanding of myself I've ever had. Yeah, it, it was it's well, incredible. And Mandy has a story as well about her ancestry. We have quite the stories. So super excited about this podcast. This is truly our purpose. We just want to share what we have learned and what can be a very hard life. These are just all things that have helped us. And so please subscribe, comment, rate, review. Well, and go to our website and you can learn more about Reiki and the chakra system and healing from the inside out. And also I'd like to say happy birthday to one of my friends and listeners, Lisa. Happy birthday, girl. 